Welcome to the Rise to the Challenge podcast. Joining me today, he's an entrepreneur, coach, real estate investor, host of the Traveling Investor Live. It's Nitsan Mosery. How are you doing today, Nitsan? I'm doing well. Thanks, Alex. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm excited to have you on the show to talk about your rise to the challenge. What we like to do with all of our guests is go right to the beginning. Talk about where you're from and what were you involved in growing up? Sure. So um, I'm first generation American. My parents came over from Israel and I was born in Brooklyn, New York and grew up in uh, Brooklyn and, and then in Manhattan as well. Uh, did a little stint in New Jersey. Um, you know, my father and my parents, I should say, were entrepreneurs themselves. Um, growing up, you know, uh, my mother's a Holocaust survivor and my father's from Israel. And during you know, the 50s, 60s, 70s, they were going through all that and building a country. So their education wasn't that high. So they had to provide for themselves. So they were entrepreneurs. Uh, my father always told us and my mother always told us that, you know, real estate is a great asset to have, especially if you own a piece of land free and clear. So I was a little kid growing up in New York City, running around in the 70s, having fun, getting into trouble. Um, at the, you know, and uh, was on the road and doing what everybody told me to do, right? Go to school, get an education, go to college, go get that big corporate job and life will be perfect. Well, you know, I found myself at the age of 25 when my father passed away and I was like, you know, what the hell is life all about? You know, working on Wall Street uh, as a cold caller and, and, and selling, you know, doing stocks and whatnot and working with my brothers in retail. I just didn't understand what life was all about. So I kind of threw my hands up in the air and went traveling for about six years after my father passed away. And that's where I met my wife, you know, and uh, we got together. You talked about growing up in New York, New Jersey, and we know as it today as a big hotspot for real estate. Was that a big hotspot when your parents came over and they were starting to get into real estate? Um, it, you know, in some locations, yes, right, in some areas. Um, you know, yeah, it, you know, my father was able to, you know, um, get some, some property in Manhattan in what now is called Soho, but when he owned it, it wasn't called Soho. Right. So, yeah. So, you know, being at the right place at the right time and the right location and letting that appreciation ride you is, uh, is, a, is a great thing. Um, but, yeah, so some of those things, you know, were bought. Listen, if you're in the if you're in the real estate game long enough, you know, you're going to have mistakes. You're going to have errors. You're going to lose money. You're going to make money. The, the thing that you always want to make sure is that you're always making more money than you're losing. <laughs> Correct. You talked about the East coast lifestyle or the stuff that you're getting involved in, do you think that played a troubling in your future or did you need it to go through those challenges to help you grow as an individual? Oh, I think uh, challenges are what make you grow as an individual. I don't think anything else will make you grow as an individual. When life is good, life is great. You know, we, we take it for granted. Uh, When life is bad, when there's obstacles, when there's, you know, challenges, when there's, you know, things going sideways, that's when character is built. That's when, you know, you understand who you are and what you're made of, right? Do you fall, you know, it's, it's like the old story, right? You take a, a glass and you throw it on the ground, certain pieces, you know, the, the glass itself shatters, right? Mm-hmm. But some pieces can be used as a weapon and can slice and kill and some just evaporate and go into dust. So that's kind of how I see obstacles and challenges as well as when, you know, when you're going through them, you, you find out what you're made of. 
can you stick with it? Or are you just going to pack up and run? Do you stick your head in the ground and hope for the best? Do you have big enough shoulders to, you know, keep going forward and take the responsibility and, and never look down or never look at and say, you know, I'm done, but always figuring out the next move. So yeah, challenges are, are, are what make us strong and, and gives you the gray. <laughs> Hopefully I don't have to worry about that for some time now. <laughs> Was there anybody that you looked up to or someone that inspired you during your journey? Yeah, I had a, I had a lot of people that I, you know, that looked, that I looked up to, you know, I, I had older brothers, so I always looked up to them as well. Um, You know, my family, I was always told, you know, look at your brothers, you know, follow their footsteps. They're good people. They're, you know, smart, hardworking. They know what they're doing. So you know, be a good person like them. Obviously, my parents were role models. Um, but I did have a couple of mentors, you know, one mentor, you know, he told me, he said, you know, find somebody who has what you want, and do what they did, and you'll get what they got. Because it's that simple. Because you don't have to rewrite the book, he goes, you don't have to reinvent the circle. He goes, just go out there, find somebody, look, you know, somebody who acts the way you want to act, drives the car that you want to drive, um, is philanthropic the way you want to be. And just, read about them, learn about them. How do they get to where they wanted to be? You know, how do they get all that money and, and do that? So I had, um, I had that mentor and uh, um, a couple of other people in my life, you know, that uh, have taught me many, many things. You know, my wife, she's constantly teaching me stuff and my kids as well. So, you know, it's always a learning uh, experience. Who was that person that you, you talked about that mentor said, go find that person. Who was that person for you? Um, he was a guy that had what I wanted. He was someone that went out and, and not only made money, but was doing it, I guess, in today's terminology, environmentally friendly. He was way, he was way advanced, way before his time, way before the whole environmental movement took place. And, um, uh, and he went out and he, he just went from nothing, went from, you know, a guy with a pickup truck to hustling, to finding a system, to creating a system, to building a team, to, to you know, working that team and, and, and managing that team so that they can produce millions of dollars in sales. Um, and then he put together his coaching program where it was just about 98% of his coaching program was just to rewire your brain and rewire you so that you can be ready and be open to the success that awaits you um and you know so i i saw the lifestyle i saw how much money he was making he created one of the fastest uh privately held companies in the country at the time so he was he was something phenomenal and uh you know i looked at him and and i said you know what i i i want to listen to what he has to say i want to learn from him i want to know how he puts on his pants in the morning i want to know how he drives his car how he thinks right does you know will he go out and manage a property or will he find a property manager and maybe take less but it will free up his time so he can go make more money right how will he sell you know how does he overcome objections what's his you know what's his mo all that so you know that was somebody that i i really looked up to and um uh you know he was he was he was incredible and then you know of course traveling and whatnot i i sat in many ashrams and i was with uh, osho and amaji in the south so just listening to them and, and understanding, getting understanding from them and uh, how the universe works, how we work, how energy, how all that stuff works, just uh, that took me, that was enlightening from that perspective. 
a lot of people talk about how they kind of want the life that someone else lives or, oh, I see this person in the media. I want to do exactly how they did. But as they're getting and going through that journey, things are not going step by step. Did you ever have those moments where things didn't go accordingly, but you talked about earlier how challenges helped you grow? Was that something similar that you were going through? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I I just closed on a property yesterday. I should have closed on it yesterday, but there was a hiccup. (laughs) So so now I got to pay the lender more money. I got to pay this guy more money. We got to redo the paperwork. We got to do all that. And and why didn't it close? Because FedEx didn't deliver my documents to the title company. They were still at the place of origin. So, you know, oh my God, what do you do? So, yeah. So, you know, even today, you know, things, you know, it's Murphy's Law. If something can go wrong, it will go wrong and expect it to go wrong. Just be ready for it. Always have plan A through Z ready, waiting, and, and you just go down the line without ever getting emotionally attached to it, without ever freaking out. Because when you freak out, right, when they tell us, right, when you start panicking, that's when you lose it. That's when you can die. So things go sideways. Okay, it's only money. Let's, let's take it easy here. And okay, plan A. Plan A didn't work. Okay, what's plan B? Okay, plan B. That worked on plan B. Great. So we can move on little bit to see and you just move down the line until you cross that line so so yeah things uh things do go sideways things will go sideways and uh that's part of the fun of the game when you look at back at it you know a couple of years from now you can laugh at it <laughs> <laughs> i definitely can say that when you were getting older was college ever in your path or did you kind of want to go start right into that career path so um career for me, I never knew what I wanted to do. I never knew what I wanted to do. I didn't, I never grew up and, you know, saying, Hey, I want to be a multifamily syndicator. You know, um, I grew up in real estate. So it was always been in the back of my mind, you know, when I was working with my brothers and whatnot. Um, but growing up, you know, I went to college because I promised my parents I would, I never graduated. Right. So when I was 18, I went back to Israel. I, I did a, I did, um, a part in the army and then a part of, uh, in an organization in a group, uh, service, uh, um, community service work and whatnot. So then uh, when I came back, I, I promised my parents that I wouldn't stay in the zone. I wouldn't go longer into the army that I'd come back and study in university, but I had no idea what I wanted to do, who I was. Right. I had no idea. Um, my father always told me study law. So I went and studied business law, hated it. You know, I studied, uh, speech pathology, speech therapy. I was good at it. Didn't like it. Uh, you know, marketing, I was good at it, didn't like it. Poly science, I was good at it, didn't like it, you know. And I, I, I just didn't understand why I was going to college at that time because I didn't know who I was and what I wanted, right? Um, so I was working with, you know, I was working with my brothers. I was, I was working on Wall Street at the time with, with one of the big companies. Um, and, uh, and then my father passed away. And that's kind of what, what threw me. And then I learned and I started traveling the world for six years. You know, I left New York, I moved to Israel, and then from Israel, I left Israel with an empty backpack. I went to India, stayed there for almost a year, and continued traveling the world. And uh, that was the time that I learned most about myself and who I was. And I don't think in today's world that you need to go to college. Uh, that's my personal opinion. Um, if you do, that's great. You know, there's not, nothing wrong with it. But uh, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you can learn being an entrepreneur online today. You don't need to go. Uh, you can pretty much learn anything. Obviously, if you want to be a doctor or an engineer, maybe you have to go to a specific school so you can learn, but I'm sure you can learn brain surgery on YouTube, right? Uh, yep. 
who you're going to practice on, <laughs> right? Um, so I, I don't necessarily think that you need college today unless you're going it to be, you know, a specific major for something that you really can't learn online, but, you know, business and, and whatnot. So I came back from Israel in 2009 and I started flipping houses here in Florida. And I realized that I wanted to, that people were getting into the single family game and, and, and the end was coming. And I always wanted, you know, my dad always, you know, we had properties in New York that were paying rent. And I, you know, I knew, you know, this is, this is, I'm a lazy guy. I don't want to work. So how can I get people to pay me and not work? Well, go buy real estate, go buy rental properties. Okay. I only have so much money. How can I go and buy multi-million dollar properties? Well, use other people's money. Okay. Let me go use other people's money. Right. But I learned from other people what to do. And I still made mistakes and I still make mistakes. And that's how we grow. And, you know, the, the difference is now that my mistakes are smaller and smaller and smaller and less consequential than they were in the beginning. When you chose to travel, when, where did you, let me say, why did you pick the certain places that you ended up being for a certain, you talked about Israel was being for a certain reason. And then you talked about India. Why did you pick India and the other places as your go-to spots? So in Israel, when people finish the army service, right, men go into three, women go into two, um, they kind of split up. They take a year off, right, to like decompress and just, you know, I spent three years in the service, went through hell. I want to decompress before I either go study or go work, okay? So they choose either the Far East or South America, right, both because they're pretty cheap. And, you know, on a, on a soldier's salary, you don't make a lot of money. Um, so when I was living in Israel, a lot of my friends kept telling me, dude, you got to go to India, man. We've been to India. India is so awesome. You're going to love India. You're going to love India. You're going to love India. I'm like, dude, I grew up in New York City. I had little India next to me, you know, going down to the restaurants and hanging out with friends and, and whatnot. Go to India. Go to, okay. So then a friend of mine that, was, uh, that I was sharing an apartment with, he told me that he's going to India for two months on vacation. He's taking off from work and that he's going. I said, you know, I'm, I'm coming with you. If I sit on the beach in Tel Aviv or if I sit on the beach in somewhere else, it's still a beach. Let me go. Let me have fun. I didn't know what I was getting into. I had no idea what I was getting into. Best decision of my entire life. That kind of, that decision to go with him and then to stay when he came back. I'd never done anything like that before. I mean, I've traveled, you know, New York, Mexico, Europe, Israel, but never beyond Israel and, you know, and then for that long of a time by myself, you know, so it was pretty amazing for, for me to do it. And during my travels, I found myself being homeless many times and homeless meaning, um, you know, money ran out, um, didn't have a place to stay. My bags were stolen. All my clothes were stolen. Everything. All I had was my passport. And my two hands and my desire to not beg for money, but to make money. So then I went and I learned how to make jewelry and uh, did some dishes, bought some stones, made some jewelry, went to the market, sold that, did some more things, you know, learned Reiki, learned massage therapy, did all that, made, made a little bit of money. So, you know, it, 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 it was an incredible experience um, with all kinds of experiences, different types of experiences. And I learned... Um, in the worst of times to just be cool and then in the best of times to be cool <laughs> did you have that mentality where you had to work for everything and because you talked about you didn't want to beg for money at all but that 
you wanted to earn it so you could feel that you accomplished something or that you could show people that I can do this. Like, just because I don't have anything doesn't mean I can't still enjoy my time while I'm here. Oh, absolutely. And, and I wasn't doing it for anybody else. I was doing it all just, just for me, you know, I, you know, again, you know, it's always a question and it's just something that I, I, I teach to my daughters and I say, you know, always ask yourself, what kind of person do I want to be? Yep. Forget the world around you. Forget how people act. Forget how people treat you. Forget what's going on. Who am I and what do I want to do and how do I want to behave? Right? That's the only thing you got to worry about. That's the only thing you got to look at and you got to listen to and you got to live with. That's it. Right? So when I ask myself that question, who do I want to be or who am I? Right? How do I want to behave? Well, I don't want to be that guy on the corner begging for money when I'm capable of moving rocks. I'll, I'll move rocks all day. I want to earn my keep. I want to add value to people. I don't want to be a burden on society. I want to be a value on society, right? And that's how I look at, at what I do and, and, and my business and, and my way of life is I always want to be, I want to add value, right? I want to make sure that I can help you get to your goal and to help you do what you need to do. But now you can say you can make jewelry and you can make stuff. So if you find stuff on the, on the ground, you'd be like, I can make this into something right now. You learned a skill that you probably wouldn't have gotten the chance to if you didn't have that opportunity, most likely. Oh, absolutely. I learned many skills, many, many skills. You know, I learned how to, I, I, I learned how to make a tent from nothing. I've learned how to make food and fire from nothing. I've, I've, you know, I've learned how to make jewelry. I've learned how to give massages and, and learned Reiki so I could, you know, give Reiki massages and whatnot. Um, yeah, skills, that's, and that's what traveling does. And, and, and that's what college doesn't do, right? College doesn't teach you skills. It doesn't teach you how to interact with situations, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, in life, we need to learn how to interact with situations. And it's not, and it's not a reaction but it's a, an acting because when something happens to you, most people out there will react. Yeah. Oh, something happens. Oh my God. Boom, boom, boom. They'll react. And then they'll go, Oh, I should have, I should have done that instead of that. Why did I do it? Right. So traveling, getting, you know, going through challenges and obstacles in life will set you up so that when, when the doo-doo hits the fan, you're not reacting, but you're taking a breath. You're taking a second. You're stepping back. You're going, okay. Everybody's alive, everybody's breathing, nobody's bleeding, nobody's dead. Now let's look at it, right? That's kind of what meditation does for you. That's, that's what age does for you, traveling. Um, and it's not, that's one thing that college doesn't do for you. You know, unfortunately it doesn't. Have you gone back to these places since that year of travel and been able to enjoy even more that you didn't get to experience yet? Oh, yeah, I've, I've been back to many places. Um, you know, I've been back to Mexico. I've been to Australia twice, um, Thailand and uh, in Southeast Asia many times. Um, yeah, many, many places, you know, Europe, you know, tons of places in Europe, you know, going back. It's, you know, it, it's nice to go back and see how places have changed. But also, I like to go and be, go places that I haven't gone yet. And, you know, I I only have so much time left on this rock, so I want to make sure I see a lot of it. And that's kind of why I do what I do. 
So when you made the change to come back to America, you talked about going to Florida. What made you want to change from New York, from the East Coast to down into the South? Well, at the time, I was actually living in Israel with my wife and my, and my daughters. So we decided to move from Israel back to the States. And I told my wife, I said, great, we can live anywhere in the continental U.S. except for New York City and California. <laughs> Anywhere else I'm open to. <laughs> Those two places, I'm done with New York. I'm done with California. I haven't seen the rest of the country. I'm open to it. Let's do it. So on the way, we were, we were flying from Israel to South America to, to be with our friends in Chile. And uh, we stopped. We had a layover in Miami. And I have a good friend of mine that moved from New York to Florida 25 years ago. And at the time, you know, it was 15 years ago. or Yeah, just recently moved, maybe 10 years ago. No more anyway it doesn't matter um so we went to miami we hung out there and my wife is from europe so she's never been to miami so i showed her south beach and the, the beaches in fort lauderdale and then we came up to del rey and i showed her the area which was like oh my god this is great we went to south america on the way back we stopped in miami again stopped in to say hello to my friend and then went back to israel and the crash was was going on right it was 08 07 07 08 and then um I asked her, I said, you know, do you want to move? This would be a good time to go back to the States, get back into real estate, flip a house or two, make some money and continue. And, you know, remember this time we were big hippies. Uh, I had uh, dreadlocks below my ass. Um, <laughs> I had a long goatee. It was just a little goatee, about the same length, but just one piece here, not all grown out. Um, and we were big hippies. So we said, yeah, we bought the house that we live in. We said, we'll be in it for a year, hang out and then sell it and continue hipping around the world. But then my daughter had to go to school. She turned three. I started flipping houses again. Next thing you know, here we are 12 years later. And, um, you know, we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever find a new passion besides real estate over your time being in Florida or being back in the United States? Because you talked about how real estate really got you to be able to do the things that you enjoyed doing. But did you ever find something else that you enjoyed doing? Yeah, so I enjoy mentoring and coaching people. Anybody who wants to start a real estate business, whether it's, you know, um, renovating single family homes, wholesaling single family homes, you know, I've been there, done that. I'm still doing it. Uh, if they want to do short term rentals, been there, done that, doing that right now. If they want to get into multifamily and, you know, build with, you know, passive income where they buy something, they set up their systems and processes once, and then they let it run for themselves. And I can also, you know, and I love showing people how to get other people to fund their deals for them. You know, I had a guy, you know, I'll tell you a story why I love it so much, because I had a guy who I've known for several years. Um, he's a social worker. He's a single dad. You know, he shares his son with his wife. And, you know, he just, he can't make ends meet because he's a social worker. They don't make anything. He tried his hand in real estate once, borrowed money from family and friends, Bought, bought a property, lost everybody's money. Oh. And he's now, he's like, I don't want to do real estate. I don't know. I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. And then we said, listen, you know, he came to a mastermind of mine. He's a, he became a coaching student and we walked him through and we showed him everything. He bought a, a triplex, right? Now you don't have to buy millions and millions of dollars worth of properties to, to have a two, three, four step up in your lifestyle. You can buy a triplex. You can buy a fourplex, a 10 unit, Right. And you can make a lot of money on those. And those are awesome. He bought a triplex. So he got a hard money lender. He got somebody to loan him money. Then he got a private investor to loan him the part of the equity. So he's in it with no money. He renovated the place, 
held it the whole time through COVID, sold it, made a profit, paid everybody back, paid his entire family back and paid off all his credit card debt. Wow. Now that guy's living, he's like, dude, this is awesome. He goes, thank you so much. And it was, and you know what? It was just a little mind switch, a little mind switch that, that we worked on. And it's, he suddenly looked at it from a different perspective and everything changed, right? What do they say? When you, when you change your perspective, your perspective changes, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, that's what I love. I love watching people succeed. I love helping them because I truly believe and I truly know that we were not put on this rock to sit behind a desk for 40, 50 years, slaving, giving up our time, which we can never get back for money, right? Now, I understand that we have to pay for our mortgage and our light bill and our phones and, and kids and whatnot. Yes, right? I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I understand that, but there are other ways of, of doing it than sitting behind a desk. You just got to have, you know, big enough, you know, big enough to, 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 to take that first step. And I want to be there to help you and guide you. I'm not going to do it for you, right? I'm going to guide you with my experiences um, to help you achieve success. And all you got to do is do it once. You do it once, you get over the fear, you get over the anxiety, you know how to do it. Now the second one's a lot easier. Third one's a lot easier. Now you become a pro. Now, you, now you're cruising. Now you can really, you know, enjoy life. Would you say the mentoring and the teachings you give to individuals is something that hasn't really been done, but it's based on your experience and your outcome that you have gotten? Yes, absolutely. I take my experiences in life and the way, the way I see things that can happen, right? Um, so I talk to people a lot about mindset, about, you know, um, manifestation, you know, energy, what you put out is going to come to you, right? How you think, right? I was talking with my property manager the other day and she passed out and she had to go to the hospital and whatnot. Um, and she said, yeah, I, I can't eat that food anymore. I said, listen to what you're saying. I can't eat that food. Your body doesn't hear the can't. Your mind doesn't hear the can't. All it hears is I eat that food. So don't say I eat that food. Say I'm eating healthy now because that's what your body and your mind is going to hear and that's what you're going to go towards, right? Um, so I, I, I focus a lot with my clients about the mindset, about the self-talk, about manifestation, about writing things down. You got to do it in blue ink. The mind works better when it's in blue ink. Um, and you, there, there's just things that you got to do every single day so that you can move to success or just stay where you are. Yeah, it's up to you. Talk about these last couple of years. During this time, especially during this pandemic, real estate has been, I mean, I've seen it here in my state that it's, they're calling it like a seller's uh, or buyer's market, but not a seller's market in a way where people are paying more than what they're buying or they should be. How has that affected your business or has it helped your business in the way that people are getting the mentoring again, coaching and stuff like that? I probably said it wrong. So someone's probably going to send me a message, be like, you said it wrong. And I'm be like, <laughs> I don't know real estate as much. I, I always, I watch the shows. I try to learn as much as I can. So, you know, in, in multifamily, we're in a seller's market and, but you know, like you were talking about in, in single families, um, there's a phenomenon that's happening right now. Usually when there's an influx, an overflow of properties on the market, 
prices go down, property stay on the market longer, right? It, mark, that's when the market starts to go down. But now what's happening is more houses are coming on the market. Prices are going up. Yeah. Prices usually tend to go down. So that means that there's more and more people that are buying, that are leaving. There's a lot of migration happening right now because of the pandemic, because of what's been going on. Um, we were in a great market before the election. See, I mean, that was a booming market. You know, the pandemic hit. Um, it, was, it was tough when, you know, when you take away the power of the landlord to be able to evict someone who's not paying, you take that power away, you know, landlord's kind of helpless at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we were helpless for a long time. Uh, and, you know, there's, but there's ways, there's, there's always a way around the system. You have to be able to think out of the box. You have to be able to take that box and throw it away and come up with a new box. You got to think. And again, challenges, right? Makes a person. Um, so, so yeah, so it, it's, it's definitely been a trying time. Real estate, you know, multifamily. All right. When you're talking real estate, you got, you know, there, there's two perspectives. There's the, the buyer's perspective and then there's the seller's perspective. For me, as a seller, great time to buy, sell. Great time. Peak market, feeding frenzy of buyers. You know, you're getting top dollar and you can hold out for a, as long as you think you can to get that top, top dollar. Awesome. I just sold two properties. One closed today. The other one closed on Friday. You know, we made beautiful money, right? Um, because of what's going on now. As a buyer, I can't understand what people are buying. It, things are just so expensive when we're talking multifamily, right? And there's, there's, that, there's that ratio between the income that you're getting and, and the money that you paid for, it, right? The purchase price. Mm-hmm. And that number, that ratio is very, very low. That means that they're super expensive. And when you talk to lenders today, lenders want to, they don't want to put you into a permanent loan because a permanent loan will only give you maximum one year of interest only, maybe two, okay, on your mortgage. But when you get a bridge loan, when you get a hard money loan for a multifamily, then you can get interest only for three, four, five years. And the reason why they're doing that is because they know that the cash flow is so slim on these properties, that's the only way you can make it work and that's the only way we can keep the economy moving. So as a buyer, for me, this is a terrible time. That's why I'm, 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 I underwrite a lot of properties. I look at a lot of properties and it's just no, 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 because it's just too expensive. But yet there's someone always in front of us or always behind us that is ready to pay that price. And God bless them. <laughs> do you only look in Florida or do you look in all across the United States for properties for your business? Um, I look in Florida, Texas, um, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina. Uh, I'm starting to look out of the Southeast as well, going into um, other tertiary and secondary markets around the country. Do you have like a favorite market that you prefer? Um, I, I, I love the Southeast. The Southeast is great. The Atlanta market is booming. You know, Florida is fantastic. But again, it's just so expensive now. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. You know, I, I, you know, I, I, buy, I bought properties several years ago and now I'm selling them and I just can't believe that people are buying them at that price. I just can't believe it. So, hey, you know what? You want to buy it? Who am I to say no? 
<laughs> That's true. It's almost like every show need or every house is going to be on million dollar listing by the time <laughs> the prices are going to get to those numbers. You host exactly. the show, The Traveling Investor Live. What is that concept and why did you want to do that? Right. So, you know, it's, it was first a, a radio show. It was on a W4CY radio, which is an internet radio show that went out to, you know, um, five countries all around the world and, you know, tons of listeners. So I had a radio show once a week over there, uh, The Traveling Investor Show. And, uh, my, you know, the tagline is Master Your Mind, Body and Wallet. And the show... My goal is to bring content to people, add value, right? Bring guests that will teach something, bring guests that will um, talk about mindset, will talk about success and failure and show people that, hey, you know what? I was like this, like this, like this, just like you. And I did X, Y, and Z and I got that. So, you know, if I can do it, you can do it, right? Mm-hmm. Or here are some techniques that you can, that can help you do, you know, lose weight, get healthy, stay fit keep your mind focused. Here's how to underwrite a property. Here's how to do you know, all that stuff. So my goal is to add value to people and show them how to become a traveling investor. And so I decided that I didn't want to go on that radio show um, on that radio platform. And then I brought it live um, every week on Facebook and YouTube. We do a live. And, um, you know, I bring on athletes this week. I've got uh, Josh Copeland. He's an ex- you know, division one athlete, you know, football player. So he talks about his, where he came from, you know, having nothing and, you know, having it all and losing it and getting back and, and the mindset and all that. So that's, that's what that show is all about. You know, it's, it's, it's me kind of giving back to the community. Doing these different sectors of ideas where it's the show, doing the coaching and doing the business, does it keep your passion going and you're always looking or fulfilling everything that you've wanted so far and it keeps you going and keeps you positive and the momentum keeps going forward? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, I want to build my coaching program. I want to help a billion people, right, achieve financial success financial freedom, whatever it is for them, right? Um, I, I want people to start thinking for themselves, start taking responsibility for their financial situation and their health situation, right? Um, so any way that I can figure out that I can come up with, that's a new way to reach people and talk to people and share with people and let that light bulb go off, um, that just inspires me more and more. With your kids, are you looking for them to be a part of the family business or are they looking at a different area and you're okay with that? Uh, you know, it's always nice if they want to continue and build this, but if they don't want to, if they want to go and live their life, man, it's their life. You know, I, I want to see them flourish. I want to see them happy. That's the bottom line of a parent, you know, uh, just make sure your kid's happy and healthy and enjoying life. And especially have them travel at least do something. Oh, absolutely. Enjoy, enjoy. Cause I think that's one thing I, I'm trying to do. Cause I always looked at, oh, I got to work. I have no time. And I I told myself, no, I have to, I got to enjoy life any way possible. And I got to take trips and explore because life's too short. You never know when the last day is. And 
at any age, you never know when that will be. So I think it's definitely important that you share this message about getting out there, enjoying being fulfilled in any way possible, because I think a lot of people are missing that right now. They don't know what to do and they're struggling and searching for that answer. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely, man. And, and, and I'll tell you, it, having a job and bills will always be there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It'll always be there. Don't worry. Don't worry. You'll, you know, so when you're young, go out, travel, enjoy life, knock it out of the park. When you're done, when you've learned about yourself and you know what you're passionate about and what, you know, what really gets you going in the morning, right, and keeps you going, then go out there and, and, and do it. You know, money is not the answer. The answer is a, a fulfilling life, a, a fulfilling life, having a lifestyle that um, you create. Yeah. You know, you're the CEO of your life, right? Uh, I saw a video where a guy was talking. He says, you know, um, if a business fails, who's responsible? The CEO. The business succeeds, who's responsible? The CEO. If your life fails, who's responsible? You are. If your yeah. life, you know, succeeds, who's responsible? You are. You're the CEO of your life. Take control of your life and stop. And what I say, what I call it is stop living life by default right? We're born into this system and this is what we're in. And, and, and okay, that's, you know, let me just live life and I'll go with the river, right? One thing I learned in, in, in my travels is there's, there's two main ways of living life, right? You know, life is like a river. You get on the boat and you can have a canoe, right? You're sitting on the canoe in the middle of the river and you can let the current life just take you wherever it wants. You can end up on this side of the river, on that side of the river, in the middle of the river, tossed over, broken, whatever. Then there's the other way where you can be on the river of life and you have a paddle in your hand. And now you can direct that boat, which is your life, where on that river you want to go. And you determine your life and your destiny. That's the beauty about, about existence, about where we live. There's so many ways of doing it, right? But if you want success and if you want something, well, then that, there is a certain way of doing it. There's, there's, there's the laws of the universe, man. They, then they're written down. They're, they're etched in our DNA. We know them, Right. So don't worry about that job. It'll be there in a year, two, three, four years from now, right? Save money now and go, right? And enjoy life, you know, because you never know. You may be sitting on a rock on a mountain somewhere and you may have a billion dollar idea, but you'll never have that thought sitting behind a desk um, taking care of, you know, of your bills and, and, and whatnot. That's so true. I, I that's, I love that message and I definitely will take that. And I think everyone that's listening will take that. The final question I'll ask you for someone that's listening to this interview based on your journey and experience, what tips or advice would you give them to overcome obstacles, accomplish their goals and rise to the challenge? That's a great question. So what tip would I give them? Um, Sit with yourself and start knowing who you are, first of all, right? Now, you don't have to sit there and meditate for 10 hours a day. You don't have to do that. Um, but knowing who you are, knowing what you want, what you like, um, helps rise to the challenge. Um, uh, I have a, I put together a system. It's called GPA. Um, and, and it's not, you know, grade point average, but it stands for, um, you know, it, it, it talks about your G is for your goals, right? Write down your goals, okay? 
your imagination is awesome. Disney, Disney said it, you know, everything, you know, every, he started everything. In, it, it's in the imagination. The Aborigines of Australia, everything came from the dream world. Existence came from the dream world, from the imagination. Um, everything happens in the imagination. So I want you to start writing down your goals and make them massive. I want three private jets sitting in my private runway in my house. And, um, you know, I want four boats, the bigger, the better, right? You know, I, 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 and, and write down the type of lifestyle you want to have, what kind of house you want to have, be extremely detail oriented. Because remember, you're the CEO. So the CEO plans out every step of the company. They foresee into the future where things are going to happen, how things are going to happen, and they plan accordingly. So now you're the CEO. So sit down, write down your goals. Okay, write down as in the present tense, as if it happened already, right? It is now August 3rd of this recording, and I am, I have closed on 300 units by, you know, today's August 3rd, and I closed on 300 units. Boom, right? That's, that's how you write it but in the future, okay? Um, then, your, 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 then the P is your purpose, right? Once you write down all your goals and everything, you gotta figure out, okay, why do, I, how, why do I want these things? What is it about these things that's going to fulfill me, okay? Um, it may not be the boats, it may not be anything, but it may be the fact that you're able, that getting these boats, you were able to help, you know, a million people do something, right? Maybe you were able to do something. Find out your why, your passion, right? Your purpose. Okay. And when you find your purpose and you set your goals, then you've got to take massive action. Okay. Now, a lot of people say, well, I don't know how, I don't know how, I don't know how, right? How do I take massive action? Well, I don't know how you take massive action, but what I do know is that when I'm looking at my goals and I, and I have my passion, meaning I will go out there and no obstacle and no challenge will stop me from doing what I, from achieving these goals. Okay, because I'm so passionate about what I'm doing. Um, now, how do I take action? Well, instead of writing, instead of asking how, it's all about questions. Life is all about questions, asking the right questions. Instead of asking how, ask who. Who can I help? Who can help me achieve my goals? Who do I need on my team that can do this, right? If I want to become a blogger now, and I don't know the first thing about blogging, if I want to be a podcaster, and I know nothing about podcasting, well, how do I become an awesome podcast? I don't know how. Well, mm-hmm. let, me ask you, let me ask you a different question. Who can help me to become an awesome podcaster? Hmm, I don't know. Let me go on YouTube and see who's an awesome podcaster. Let me see what they're doing. Let me start investigating to see who can help me achieve my goals and become and do whatever it needs to be. Now that story is a little different, right? Because the how, people get stopped at the how. Dude, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to be a multimillionaire. I barely make $50,000 a year. Well, it's not how, it's who, right? Who, I don't know how to buy multifamily. No, don't worry about how, who. Who can teach you how to do it? Who can teach you how to do it by getting other people's money? Who can teach you how to do it with, you know, whatever it is, right? Who? So that's my two cents about how you can rise to the challenge. You want to rise to the challenge, man, find your passion. Find something that's going to light your ass on fire, okay? It can't be money. It can't be your kids because when your kids grow up or if you don't have kids, well, it can't be your kids, right? Because you're doing it for them. No, money, mm -mm, because money will always, it's never enough. 
Mm-hmm. You got to find your passion. Why do you want to do this? Right? I want to help a billion people because I believe that we need financial freedom. I want everybody to enjoy life because that makes me feel important. And in my life, when I was younger, I needed, I didn't, maybe that was missing in my life, but that's what makes me feel good by helping other people. I, I feel fulfilled inside me. And for me to feel fulfilled, I have to help people. Yep. So I, I got to go out and do that. That's my why, right? It used to be money. It used to be other things. It didn't really work. So find your passion and write down your goals, man. Write down, make them specific, make them measurable, all that good jazz, right? Make them smart goals and then take action. Start writing out your action steps. Who do I need to talk to? Who can help me with this? What, where do I need to go for that? All that stuff. And forget the how. I think that's so key right now. Like you kind of hit it, like people do things just for the money or especially now with social media fame, like they want the attention. And usually if they go in that path, it always leads down the wrong path and leads down to the wrong direction that they go to. But whenever people go into the passion, you see the positive come out of that person. You see the smile, the happiness it just starts a domino effect to bigger and better things because if they were able to do that and accomplish that passion, they know, oh, I can achieve anything else that I want to go towards. Except when you go with the money, it's like, oh, I made $100,000. Oh, well, now what do I go? 250 But it's just not going to be rewarding enough to get to that next step because it's like, well, now I got to do something completely different, maybe out of my realm to get to that moment. Absolutely. And, you know, if, if when you when you're on your journey to making a million, making your first hundred thousand, making your first half million, whatever it is, there's there are obstacles. There are things that are going to smack you and knock you down. Yeah. If your passion, if your why is not strong enough, you're not getting back up. You're not getting back up. So, you know, money has never been a strong enough passion. Ah, that didn't work. I'll go try something else. Uh, no, there is no try, right? I, I, I don't have anything else to fall back on, mm-hmm. right? This is it, right? I have to make this happen. That has to be the mentality. And then you got to light your ass on fire and you got to work. There's a great book called The 12-Week Year. You got to read it because the guy says, why don't we take 12 months, right? You have your year goal. Why wait to accomplish it in one year? Why not bring it down to 12 weeks? However, to do that, you have to have the same mindset and the same fire as someone who's getting on a cruise in two weeks and has to finish all their work before they get on that cruise and nothing is going to stop them from getting on that cruise right you ever see those people oh my god i'm leaving on vacation in two weeks and they get six months worth of work done in two (laughs) weeks you're like dude you've been working here for five years you've never done that before i am not missing that boat dude right (laughs) and they and they do incredible things that's how you have to work every single day for 12 weeks and you're going to accomplish a year goal in 12 weeks and imagine you do that two or three times a year yep you've just what your year three goal is you just did it in the first nine months of the year holy cow that's a different mindset that's a different way of looking at things Well, Nitan, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. You're inspiring so many people and we're excited to see what the future looks like for you. 
Thank you so much, Alex. I appreciate it. It was fun. Tune in next time to hear my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow, subscribe on all major audio platforms, and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel for the full-length episode and video format. What path will you take to accomplish your goals? You decide.